Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Tessa, you and I are chit-chatting about what, yes, we want, we are. what we want to do when the show starts, and guess what? It started without us, <laughs> as always. All right, welcome on board, everybody. It's the Some WK. days that might be better. <laughs> right, this show. And finish it without us. It would make right. it ideal on many occasions. All right, welcome on board, everybody. It's the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. I am Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is directly across from me. Joe McGranahan, Hall of Fame broadcaster, Mayor Shemokin Dam, and uh, a member of the uh, thingamabob that does a thingamathing to judges, and so that makes him awfully informed on a wide range of topics, and he's just a super smart guy. Up until recently, hardly ever forgot anything, but uh, fortunately, he's declining, and that evens the playing field for he and I, and so we launch into it. Oh, okay. thank you. He's a little sharper <laughs> than that. <laughs> All right. Wow. I don't know. Yesterday, two days ago, or three days ago, I walked into a garage door that was opening, and I oh. thought I was just—I wasn't paying attention. I, my mm-hmm. mind was somewhere else, and it knocked me back, and I lost my balance and landed on my keister. <laughs> well, one of the men in the front office. <laughs> so it was a—it was a bad day. That's why I have this bruise in the top of my head. Oh, I see. You're okay. One no, our, I'm not okay. <laughs> one of the people in the front office says, "What the blank kind of introduction was that for Joe?" <laughs> All right. It's the kind I'm expecting here all the time. What do you say? Something about faint praise. What is that? Damning by faint praise. Oh, that's it. That's it. (laughs) I have to memorize that. I probably have had it memorized, but I've forgotten it. Oh, you're very good at it. (laughs) Whatever it is. things. All right. On the Mark brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. They are the sponsor of On the Mark. Do as I've done on many, many, many occasions. Go to sunburymotors.com. Much to their chagrin, I might add. You're really driving them nuts over there. Well, the, the beauty, though, is that I order vehicles uh, from the website that are uh, have broad appeal, and so when they arrive, they sell fast, and I don't have to buy them. But uh, the latest one... <laughs> don't you want to buy them? Yeah, sometimes. Uh, the F-150 that's in the mail now, that is going to be a pretty nice one. Double cab, six-foot bed, uh, sunroof, and just a super-looking truck. It's that rapid red color, that that's that sort of that dark red uh, that they've used for a while, and it's just a super color. But I also saw over the weekend somebody was driving driving a, uh, what's the name of that blue? Antimatter blue. Antimatter blue. Yes, it's... It contains actual antimatter, <laughs> so if you touch it, you wonder get, where they got that. You get sucked into a black <laughs> hole, so it's a tough color to get. But uh, anyway, uh, but do as I've done. Go to SunburyMotors.com and believe it or don't, I'll have more to say about them later on in the show. All right, we launch into it with open phones on Monday morning. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is the telephone number. We had Liz Cheney who made uh, stops on some of the weekend shows, so she got to talk. And President Trump, uh, his big article 
article on Newsweek came out over the weekend where he's talking about the stolen election. And Oh, you know, but there's his, even bigger news in Harrisburg. His, his usual sticks, yes, Lou Barletta. Well, not just that. Mm-hmm. The uh, legislature, the cost of our, our wonderful state assembly. I saw you had sent that. I didn't really get much of a time to uh, well, look at it. was fascinating. You know, the Pennsylvania legislature spent $203 million from 2017 through 2020 just to feed, house, transport, and provide rental offices and other perks for lawmakers and their staffs. And about uh, one in ten of those dollars, $20 million in over, overall over the four years, went into lawmakers' pockets in the form of reimbursements for meals, mileage subsidies per diems, and other expenses. That's according to the Hidden Tab, a new year-long and ongoing investigation by Spotlight PA and the caucus, revealing how the legislature spends tax dollars on itself and then obscures that spending to make it difficult for the public to keep track. Spending records legally belong to the people who ultimately foot the bill, the taxpayers, but in practice, citizens who want to see what lawmakers are buying with their money face an array of barriers, delays, and even pushback from lawyers hired by the General Assembly with yet more taxpayer money, the newspaper <laughs> news organizations found. More than a decade ago, a grand jury investigating state lawmakers' misuse of public money recommended the General Assembly make dramatic changes to how it conducted its business, including making changes to its spending practices. And what's interesting, um, none of those changes were implemented, by the way. While some legislators started posting expenses online, the vast majority don't do it today. And those that do post outdated or incorrect information, Spotlight PA and the caucus found. Now, 14 of the top spenders, 14 of the top 15 top spenders were Democrats. Hmm. 14 of the top 15. Leading Isn't was that something. I wonder why. I don't know. They're leading not in was charge. Le- leading was Christopher Sainato, S A I N A T O. I'm not familiar with that. Sainato, I guess it is, of Lawrence County, hmm. who spent, are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. $234,616.20. On gigaws and knickknacks and lunch and dinner and hotels and mm-hmm. office space. Well, I think $230 million for the whole legislature doesn't seem that bad. Uh, I, I guess it I, doesn't. I guess I'm tainted because I've been monitoring government for so long. Well, it's so big. I mean, I we remember we have, what, the second largest legislature in the country? But second think, or third? Think what the legislator legislature's doing for every man, woman, and child in Pennsylvania. So I just think I, you I know, wish the audience could see the look in your face. You look, you're, you're absolutely well, rhapsodic about I'm, what a wonderful job they're doing with our money. I just think, you know, I, I realize they're misspending, and they could probably do the same great job they're doing with half that money. But I, I guess $230 million for the whole state, to, for them to super serve everybody, including people in rural areas. and you This know. doesn't include their salaries okay. or their staff oh, salaries. Oh, it's not their no. salaries. Oh, these are just the perks. It says the Pennsylvania legislature spent $203 million from 2017 through 2020 just to feed, house, transport, and provide rental offices and other perks for the lawmakers and their staffs. Okay. Now does it seem an excessive well, okay, amount. Okay, so what, what, what is it to feed them? So food, right, so they're, of course, having... Well, I mean, no, the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation doesn't feed me or you, <laughs> do they? No, nor do they dr- pay me to drive to or from work, nor provide right. a vehicle for that. Right. I, my limo didn't pick me up this morning, and we're going to have to check the front office and find out why it wasn't there at the appointed time. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you have a backup vehicle. <laughs> All right, so, okay, so 
230 is just the perks. Okay, well, then that's, that's probably too high. But, you know, you and I have had this conversation. I think Pennsylvanians don't care. I know journalists care, and you and I care because we kind of scrutinize this kind of thing. But I think the general public doesn't care. You know, they elect their their favorite leader no matter what. Well, I should point out that only one legislator from around here made the list of the top, like, 40 or so spenders. No, it has to be Kurt Monster. No, it's no. not. Go further north toward Williamsport. Oh, uh, the one who's leaving, um, the retiree. Oh, his name escapes me. I can picture him sitting right over there when he visited. Right. Uh, I forget his name. No, I'm not going to help. You. Oh, you're not. Because uh, <laughs> I don't remember his Garth name. Everett. Garth Everett, right? Oh, you didn't remember it either. <laughs> <laughs> this is funny. Oh my gosh, Stan, you got to help us out here. You're the forty-something guy in the group. You're the youngest guy here. Now wait a minute. I'm a little more than forty. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, fifty. <laughs> but that's a size. about seventeen years, and you'll be about right. Oh, uh, still <laughs> the youngest here. <laughs> well, if we're talking uh, waist size, I might come in somewhere around forty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you, Joe, the legislature, you brought up now, that's their per diem costs, I'm assuming, correct? Right. That, it says it's for their uh, feeding them, housing them, transporting them, and providing rental offices and other perks for lawmakers and their staffs. Huh. Geez, that's a pretty good deal. I wish I could get that. Out of well, that, you know, out of those... Uh, out of those tw- out of those dollars, twenty million you know, over the four years went into lawmakers' pockets in the form of reimbursement for meals, mileage subsidies per diem, and other expenses. Huh. You know, I, I don't I don't get paid per diem or mileage to go to work every day, and I definitely don't get uh, food costs at work every day. Why Why do they? I don't know. They have because other perks. they vote on their own perks. In other words, they get to decide. Oh, what do we? What kind of perks do we want? How about free meals? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All in favor oh. of? Uh, what if that would work here? I move that Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation buy us free meals and transportation. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Oh my gosh, I'm in. I know. I don't think so anything's going to happen, but. <laughs> so that's how it works. Dang, that's yep. a good gig. I guess I need to look into that. I mean, housing too. I mean, if, if, if they're going to move to Harrisburg for their job, which is their job, then they need to pay for the housing, just like I pay for my housing because of where I live and what my job is. Well, I'm not certain Wouldn't here. Be, I'm right? not. I'm not cer- certain here that housing doesn't refer to hotel rooms when they are in Harrisburg. Uh, I'm not so certain it refers to buying their house. I hope it doesn't. You know, their exorbitant salaries what? pays for their home. Well, irregardless, if if they, if they have to go down there and stay in a hotel, that should be on them. Mm-hmm. You well, know, yeah. unless the legislature passes a resolution or a law that says they have to go out into the state and do a certain job, like every other business does, then they shouldn't be getting perks and per diems. You understand what I'm saying? I do, and yeah. I also think that the size of the legislature, you know, that was a serious proposal a year or two ago, and that never went anywhere, cutting the size of the state legislature down a little bit. That's kind of bloated right now. Well, it sounds like it, <laughs> especially they're really spending money like it is. Uh, I mean, that's that's just two hundred and how much? Two hundred and seventy some million? Did you say over four year period? Said two hundred and three million in four years. Oh, two hundred three. So that's what fifty million dollars a year, basically. Yeah, it could run into money. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a couple pennies here and there. So 
Yeah, it's just it's just a little strange how how they get a you know how they can vote themselves that kind of stuff. But I guess they can vote themselves a raise too. So you know that's that that, that kind of explains why they can vote themselves some perks and stuff in too. But the one that really Which, surprised me though was the fact that the majority of those who were the biggest spenders were Democrats. There are no, some Republicans on. on the list. No, I mean I'm 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 surprised. Sorry, that surprised me. Well, maybe Republicans are behaving <laughs> like Republicans and being fiscally responsible. Uh, never mind. Sorry. Well, they, well, they are. I, I mean, no, if 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 they're voting for that kind of stuff, now I don't know what the, you know, you'd have to go back through the, through their roll call votes and all that to see who voted for this kind of stuff. And quite frankly, they need to be removed from office because, you know, it's a waste. It just should be just like everybody else that works for a living. They go to their jobs, they pay for their transportation. They go to their job, unless they're required to wear a specific uniform, they pay for their their clothes that they wear to their job. They take their lunch to work with them, and they eat at their job. That's the way it should be. That's the way every other normal human being lives in this country. (laughs) I could see the legislator said, Honey, would you pack my lunch this morning? i got to drive to Harrisburg. I don't think that would happen. (laughs) No. Well, it should. I mean, well, that's just you know. Or you know, if they if they can't do that, well, then they have the they do have the cafeteria in the state, in the Capitol and and the office buildings, correct? Yep, they, have they the do. Cafeteria there, so they can go there and pay for their lunch. Now they probably get it at a reduced rate to start with, but they can go and pay for it out of their pocket. They're paid pretty good money. You know, more probably higher than the average. Uh, citizen of Pennsylvania, they get hired, uh, paid in their salary. I don't know exactly what they make. I will admit to that, but I'm sure it's over fifty grand a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's oh, substantially it's over that. eighty-five yeah, or eighty-nine. Like and then when you get into leadership, then it goes way up fast. I think Jake Corman's one hundred and twenty some. But bear in mind that none of our local legislators in this immediate area are on the list of those who spent the most anywhere near it. I mean, they they list about the top. I guess the top 50 spenders, if you will, and only one legislator from around here was on that list, and that was Garth Everett, and he was near the bottom of it. Well, and uh, and so the other ones are eating the costs of their travel and their and their living expenses, which right. is the way it should be, right? Just and like everybody else in this. Well, country. look at look at Fred Keller. He didn't take a lot of the perks. I mean, he actually went on record as turning them down. Yeah, I also believe he declined the cost of living increases that happened right. as time went on, so he kept his salary the same, probably donated the difference. Well, that's that's the way it should be. I mean, these guys are supposed to be serving, you know, doing a, well, what are they, you know, civil, they're civil servants. They're supposed to be serving the public, not raping the public with the salaries. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think they'd get elected if they said, I'm going to Harrisburg and rape you financially. All right. We don't well, think that would work. You know, they don't say it outright, but in the end, that's what happens. What's What's <laughs> concerning is this, this article, and this is a group of uh, the Hidden Tab, is a new year-long ongoing investigation by Spotlight PA and the caucus, and it talks about how they throw up barriers to you finding out exactly what they did spend. So these folks conducted, a, I guess, a year-long investigation into this to try and get these numbers, which I probably I, I would think are accurate now, but they don't, they're not exactly forthcoming. You know, we hear all this talk about transparency, why we're going to be the most transparent ever, mm. you know, and then, and then you find out that they're actually throwing up roadblocks so you can't find out how much money they're spending. And they hire lawyers? Well, to, yeah, they hire lawyers <laughs> to keep you at bay. Well, that that's when, when whenever but there's someone good news. in government but throws there's... up roadblocks to the sunshine laws for information that should be able to be readily available to the 
paying public. Right. But that's always a clue to me. There's good news in all this. There's good news in all this, though. It's bipartisan. Well, yeah, and that, that, that therein that lies another problem. You know, there are there are uh, <clears throat> big spenders and uh, you know less than scrupulous people on both sides. That I will admit. Yep. Well, so. Hey, Stan, we have the text machine fixed. Uh, it's hard for uh, Joe and I to use, but it works easily for you. You just have to text OTM at the beginning of your message, and then whatever your message is. Yeah, I got that on Friday. Now, do they have a character limit on the text? Because nope. you couldn't read some of what I put in. Nope, no character limit, no limit on text. Now, I, you remember I used to reply to you from time to time and just just right. tell you outright you were wrong or whatever it was. Um, <laughs> I can't reply to you. That's a whole other screen and a whole other setup, and so uh, uh, you probably won't get too many replies from us. Ah, the better okay, things now, get, I, I, the worse they get, right? right. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, now, I will ask you the question, Mark, that I did send you a text that you couldn't get all on Friday. Okay. All right? Sure. Now, when uh, Steve Kushaloff was in there a couple weeks ago, I called and asked him a question, and he wouldn't answer it for me. It was about the Arizona audit of the election results in Maricopa County for 2020. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I asked him why the Democrats are so hard up to block it and to prevent it from happening. And he wouldn't answer me. Wow. Now, I, I have I have my thoughts on that. I always figure, like I said before, if somebody has something to hide, they try and stop you from looking into it. So that's all I'm going to say about it. Somebody has something to hide because here's, here's my thinking on this. If the Democrats are so sure of their results, they would want this audit to go through, and it would show that Joe Biden won 100% of what they said he won. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, he's sitting in the White House right now. Okay, if right. that's the case, then they would want that to be shown so that they can rub it in every Republican's face and say, "See, we told you so," and have it at that. But they're not doing that. So, in my opinion, that's a clue. Something going wrong. Fair Just right. putting that out there. All right. All right. To be continued. I'll bone up on that topic and I'll respond. But uh, one of our good listeners sends us a note saying John Gordner, our local 27th district state senator, and who is the whip for the Republicans, his salary is $118,000 a year. And Jake Corman has had quite a few raises since I looked at it. He's $145,000 a year. They might be a little overpaid. Yeah, you might be like double. (laughs) Double comes to mind, but that's just me. All right. Thank you so much, Stan. Thanks for calling in. Thanks a lot, Stan. 1-800-795-9565. i got one call coming in. We'll take a quickie break. We'll be right back. 1-800-795-9565. We're talking about waste in Harrisburg and uh, way overspending on the part of the state legislature. You can text us at... OT or well, 70236 put the word OTM in that text and you can also email us at on the market wkok.com when it comes to car buying there's the other guys way and then there's the SMC way the other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want the Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse ask questions and take the test drive and think on it for over 100 years the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have the other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you, the other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark, 1-800-795-9565. You'd have to be an awful speedy dialer to join us before the top of the hour. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com or text us at 70236. You have to be a member of our Text Connect Club. You can join that at wkok.com. And then when you send us a text, put the keyword OTM in there, on the mark. Charlie, you're on the line. I'm sure you've been irritated beyond recognition because of the waste in Harrisburg. Uh, actually, I have, but that's been going on for a long time. So I've been irritated for a long time. <laughs> long time. Okay. But, but I understand. I, I don't agree with it, but I understand where they're coming from with the meals and the hotels and all that. It's it's not fair to the representatives from, let's say, Pittsburgh, compared to the representatives from Dauphin County. How do you how do the people? How do you justify making the people from Pittsburgh? pay all their own expenses to get to Harrisburg to conduct state business when the people in Dauphin County don't have those same expenses? That, that's a good question, but the only answer I can give you is they knew what the limitations were when they applied for the job and ran for it. Oh, I agree. I agree completely. But I, I think that there has to be some kind of equity involved where if you're a representative from a different part of the state, your total compensation and your total expenses should be on par with those near Harrisburg. Right. Uh, I, you I know think what? that it's over. Well, I think that it's overdone. I you, think that they, yeah. their expenses amount up that they're too high. Um, what really disturbs me, and I'm a former state employee, and it really disturbs me that the rules for the legislature are different than the rest of the state employees. How so? Uh, give us an example. Well, the first example that comes to mind is uh, pensions. You know, when the legislature, I don't know, 20 years ago maybe, increased the rate of the pension for state employees, they increased it from 2 to 2.5%. Two they increased theirs to, was it 4%? It was a lot higher than the rest of the, okay. the rest of the Commonwealth. So I mean, that's not fair. You know, their, their per diems are different. Their expenses are different. It, 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 should, it should be the same for everybody. They're no better than anybody else. They should get the same perks as everybody else. You know what might work? You know, in business, they have a, oftentimes what they call a shift differential payment that they make for people who, out, who work, let's say, overnight. Maybe there should be some kind of a differential payment for legislators from the far end of the state that takes into consideration what the costs are for somebody living, as you point out, in Dauphin County and those of somebody coming from Pittsburgh or Philadelphia. You know, and I, and I'd be okay with that. I think that's a good idea. Uh, and, and personally... I think what they should do is they should set their salary at whatever they feel is fair. And maybe they're underpaid right now because they're running a whole state. That's a pretty big responsibility. But once they get their salary set, 
the only increases they get are cost of living increases, and then they would get no perks. Take away all their perks, pay them whatever you want. That's fine, but no perks are involved. How do you feel about the size of the legislature? Oh, that's too big. <laughs> we, could do it. We, we could cut it in half and still be fine, and it doesn't have to be a full-time legislature either. Look at Texas. Texas only works part-time. Well, you're applying common sense to what's going on, and I don't think that really works because uh, they sort of run things as they wish to. They can vote their own raises and their own perks and their own per diems and their own, uh, what was that, uh, pension multiplier or or the pension percentage. They they can vote on that. So I, I think there's a lot of greed involved. If you get to give yourself a pay raise, they also run it as though taxpayers' dollars are really abundant. Now, if you've ever worked for a company that didn't have a lot of money, of course, you didn't do a lot of extra things. You didn't go places on conventions and so on. But if you've worked for a company that was making a lot of money, they would send you to distant conventions and meetings and things that were at remote locations so that you could, and you'd have to stay in a hotel and so on. Well, they run it like it is an abundant company that's making a lot of money. But it is. But the trouble is, it's not making. Well, it's not making any money. If they, they, it's not generating any money. But it is making money because it taxes you and me and Charlie well, to the gills to pay for all. That's of not it. making money. Well, anyway, go ahead, Charlie. We'll give you the last word. <laughs> well, you're, you're right. They're not making money. They're taking in money. Oh, they're taking uh, money. Very good. Very good. <laughs> the, same, the, same, the same way corporations don't pay tax, they collect tax. Yeah, the operative word being taking in. Thanks, Take Charlie. In. Appreciate right. your call. Call again. Yeah, keyword. Sorry, we ran out of time. If you need another minute, call back. Keyword. Take. Take. Right. All right, we're going to talk about this during the 9 a.m. hour, plus other topics. You're listening to News Radio 1070, WKOK Sunbury, WKOK News Time. It is now 9 a.m. Good morning, everyone. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is directly across from me. Mr. Joe McGranahan, that is. And I'm Mark Lawrence, subpar host of the show. Mr. Rob Sanders, our fabulous producer on the other side of the glass. He's been a spectacular Monday morning job. He's even ahead of schedule on some things today, so that's just great. Glad to see that. Of course, the sun's coming up earlier, so that, that helps him out a little bit, so he can do all his many activities. So, Rob Setter, fabulous producer. Call us now, 1-800-795-9565. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check out their website, sunburymotors.com. You can email us. We haven't had any emails yet today, have we? No. On the mark at wkok.com. And you can text us at 70236, include the keyword OTM in those, or I guess it's not really, it's not a keyword, it's key letters, OTM at the beginning, uh, leave a space, the, the OTM can be upper or lowercase, and then just put your message of any length, and uh, if we remember to hit refresh here every minute or so, Joe will know that we got your text, and so we'll read it on the radio. 
1-800-795-9565. We're talking about excessive waste in Harrisburg, $230 million just for one lunch for the lawmakers in Harrisburg. Ah, uh, but what a lunch it was. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's really ridiculously delicious. All right, 1-800-795-9565. In the news today, AP is reporting Lou Barletta is running for governor of Pennsylvania. He's 65, becomes the most prominent figure to enter the 2022 governor's race. He's a former Hazleton mayor. He also ran for U.S. Congress in 2018, or ran for Senate in 2018 against Democratic U.S. Senator Bob Casey. Uh, People know me, he said in an interview, saying, quote, I'm starting out with that advantage as well as I had 2.1 million votes in 2018, and that's a good start as well, unquote. Barletta said that if elected, he would focus on boosting the state's economy while also aiming to overhaul Pennsylvania's election law and fight illegal immigration. His only declared primary opponent is Joe Gale, a Montgomery County commissioner. Several others are also considering running for governor, including U.S. Congressman Dan Muser and William McSwain, a top federal prosecutor in Philadelphia. Uh, Barring some unforeseen circumstances, a Democrat who's considering running would be Josh Shapiro, the state attorney general. No other Democrats have excessively hinted that they would be running for governor. So I hope Barletta runs. I think he'd be a easy... Run, Lou, run. Right. I think he'd be an easy opponent of Josh Shapiro, and of course he would not win. Says you. Right. Well, that's what I'm here to do is to say stuff. That's what it is. Would do you, be nice any, if you said the right stuff once in a while. Just Does you know. anybody think Bo- Lou Barletta could beat Josh Shapiro in a race? I do. Really? Yeah. I'll bet you 20 bucks. Susquehanna University hosted in-person and on-campus commencement ceremonies for the class of 2021 over the weekend. This year's graduates were the first to walk the stage as part of a commencement ceremony. They were grouped by majors, and the commencements were held over three different times, Saturday and Sunday. Students were limited to four guests, but families were able to attend in person. They had one speaker for all three groups who participated in the remarks virtually to the class at Susquehanna University. Last year's class, the class of 2020, will have an in-person graduation next weekend at Susquehanna University. Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce was the backdrop for a big announcement Friday. The Susquehanna Valley Community Education Project says they are now pairing with Marywood University to have a university partner to get them started and to get accreditation. Lanier Allum, executive director, says this is a a significant milestone. Now they're turned back to county commissioners seeking sponsorship and funding. We're seeking a resolution of sponsorship so that each of the counties that would participate, the uh, multi-county regional community college, Marywood representatives described their enthusiasm for the project. Alum said optimistically they could get approvals next year, start classes in 2023, and officially open in 2024. She's going to be on WKOK Sunrise tomorrow morning. Bucknell University investigating after students who live at an on-campus LGBTQ house said a group of male students they believed were former fraternity members tried to break in Thursday night. In a letter to the university's president, uh, students 
student Tyler Luong, a residential advisor for the home known as Fran's House, said nearly 20 former members of Tau Kappa Epsilon fraternity yelled, let us in. This isn't your home. This is our home, as they banged on the windows and doors and swung a metal bar at a pole that displays their pride flag, exposed themselves and urinated on the front porch. Fran's House is the center of student life on the university's LGBTQ community, currently located in the Tower House. It previously housed, that particular building previously housed the Tau Kappa Epsilon fraternity until the group was removed two years ago. In 2019, a campus investigation into hazing allegations found the fraternity slapped and threw darts at members and even used dog shock collars on them, according to the report. The organization is no longer recognized by the university. And finally, soon in Wisconsin, the national anthem may be mandatory before sporting events. They're working on a law to require the Star Spangled Banner be played at venues which get tax dollars. Some critics say it's not doable all the time. And what if there's a pickup basketball game? The proposed legislation does not include a penalty for groups of people who start a basketball game in an unorganized fashion. Can they hum? Can they hum the national anthem yeah. if they so choose? They should. They should be required to do that. Okay. Do you sing the national anthem at every council meeting? No, but we say the Pledge of Allegiance. Well, that's not the same thing. <laughs> not anywhere close. All right. Welcome on board, everybody. Open phones, 9 a.m. hour. We talked about extreme waste in Harrisburg and per diems and ultra-high salaries and uh, paying people to drive back and forth. We do have some local legislators who say they don't take the per diems and don't uh, take the mileage and don't take the car and, and don't enjoy all the perks and haven't taken uh, some of the uh, pay raises along the way. Yeah. Well, and some other interesting stories in the news, too. Um, Tennessee Governor Bill Lee signed a so-called controversial bathroom bill into law Friday, according to the State General Assembly website, prompting criticism for those who say it's discriminatory towards transgender individuals. The Tennessee Accommodations for All Children Act, also known as House Bill 1233, requires public schools to make, quote, reasonable accommodation for a person who cannot or will not use a restroom or changing facility designated for their sex in a public school building or at a school-sponsored activity. The bill defines a person's sex as, and here's what's interesting, a person's immutable biological sex as determined by anatomy and genetics existing at the time of birth. It defines reasonable accommodation as having access to a single occupancy restroom or changing facility or use of an employee restroom or changing facility. A reasonable accommodation does not include access to a restroom or changing facility that is designated for use by members of the opposite sex while persons of the opposite sex are present or could be present. So what do you think? So they would what, have private facilities available. It's for saying if you if you believe you're something other than male or female, or you're you're or do you not bu- wish, or to you use do not that. wish to use it, or you do not believe that the the sex you are is not the sex you should be, that they must either provide you with your own toilet, separate, but you cannot use the ones for people who are accepting of the fact that they are male or female as genetically assigned under the definition of person's immutable biological sex as determined by anatomy and genetics existing at the time of birth. I think you had proposed this as a potential compromise, did you not, saying just make private facilities available? 
Well, a uh, many places are or? many places are doing that, but some people are refusing to use them. In other words, someone. Oh, okay. If I believe I'm a woman and I but was born a man, and I say I want to go in the women's restroom, mm-hmm. you know, they don't want to be. I guess maybe they consider it a stigma to go into this neutral restroom. Mm-hmm, uh, because mm-hmm. they believe they are a woman when they were born a man, or they believe they're a man and they were born a woman, whatever. Okay. All right, 1-800-795. The word immutable is what strikes me. Uh, I'll have to look it up. I I'm not even sure I even remember its exact meeting. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Uh, we're talking about a bathroom bill. This was in what? Tennessee. Con- Tennessee. Okay, so they're trying to come up with a reasonable compromise that may work, but it comes with the caveat that you must... If you feel as though you are not going to use the restroom of your uh, sex assigned at birth uh, because you are uh, transgender, perhaps, or for whatever reason, you cannot just pick the opposite sex bathroom. You must use the uh, well, it talks about bathroom. a reasonable accommodation. Uh, those who oppose it say the bill is squarely in defiance of federal law and flagrantly discriminatory. Really? Uh, requiring someone to use a restroom that either is that's specifically designed for them and their circumstance doesn't seem discriminatory to me, or maybe am I not seeing something? Well, I guess if you say to someone you cannot do something, in this case, go into the opposite sex bathroom, if you don't feel as though the uh, uh, gender assigned to you at birth bathroom is appropriate, I guess that's the discrimination. Is you should, you know, if you have, uh, if you're transgender and you fully transition to a woman and you are, uh, you know, you basically were born a woman just with the wrong parts, they'll tell you, uh, then why shouldn't you use the ladies' restroom? That's the life you are. That's who you are. So why would you not? But what about other people who find that uh, less than acceptable? In other words, the people who are male and believe they are male and the people who are female and believe they are female and they don't choose to have someone who believes they are the right sex but not able to demonstrate it, if you will, immutably? I don't even understand the question. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Earlier today, we talked about uh, Harrisburg, where they're uh, sucking through taxpayer dollars like there's no tomorrow. Uh, We also have uh, talked about uh, a likely second-place finisher in the next governor's race in Pennsylvania, Lou Barletta. We have a caller on the line who's ready to chat about that. Mike, you are on the mark. Thanks for calling in. You're welcome. Good morning. Um, I guess my first thought is, all that money they're spending on per diems and whatever, you know, should be looked into. Uh, you know, though, I'm not really um, in favor of a smaller legislature, and here's my reason why. I have a I, I have a hard time getting my state legislator, uh, senator, and even my U.S. congressman to get back to me. So I can't imagine if they were representing more people, how worse that would get, but... Um, yeah, but that is a lot of money, and I'm sure there's a lot of waste. My second point today is, um, you know, I I was lived in Hazleton, when, and I supported Lou Barletta when he went ran for city council. But um, I lived in an area of Hazleton that was affected by a gas spill, and and I I was very disappointed in his performance on how he represented the people who lived in the gas spill. Now people died as a result of this gas spill. And uh, it went on for a long time. Our property values sank. And, and the other reason I got away from him was when he was mayor, he actually 
was in, got behind a scheme where a company brought in river dredge that they used to cover up the old city landfill, which really should have been a Superfund site. Hmm. And none of the plans for that place ever came to be. There's no amphitheater there or anything else now. And Lou has moved on. So, you know, I, I wouldn't vote for him. And, uh, you know, I have first-hand experiences with him. But um, anyway, those are my thoughts for today. Have a great day. All right. Uh, thank thanks you. for thank calling. Thank you very much. 1-800-795-9565. Yeah, that's the trouble with having previous political office. You have all this political experience, but you also have all the baggage uh, of uh, all the decisions you've ever made. Some you've made well and, you know, did the right thing. A lot of people thought that Lou Barletta's... Uh, fight against the Hispanic people in Hazleton was appropriate, and they were behind him on that. But uh, on the other hand, some of the other things that he did, uh, as you can, as you just heard, uh, people remember them and said he wasn't an adequate performer. As a congressman, he was very, very closely tied with President Trump uh, at the later right. latter portion of his tenure in Congress. Well, we have a call coming in, but here's the interesting thing. We, well, we have to take a break, too. Mm-hmm. I think Lou Barletta did a good job as an administrator. You know, you're always faced with tough challenges when you have to make difficult calls. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with the gas issue that our caller was talking about. Are you? No. He said people died. I, I'm surprised that didn't make more headlines. I would think we would be aware of it. So I'm not certain I understand exactly what he's talking about there. Maybe we'll have to look into that. Mm-hmm. All right. 1-800-795-9565. Talking about Congressman Barletta. Will he be able to be governor? Uh, Josh Shapiro is widely viewed as the individual who is the nominee who will probably emerge from the Democratic primary, but there are some uh, Congressman Muser may jump into that race as well. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We will be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Uh, Talking about our overly bloated, I guess everything that's bloated is overly, so our bloated state legislature and how they waste bazillions of our dollars and nobody cares. So I guess that's the key. I mean, Joe and I care and uh, I believe Cindy cares, but that would probably be just about it. Go ahead, Cindy. You're on the mark. Good morning, gentlemen. Well, I wholeheartedly support uh, having less legislators and having a part-time legislature, both of which would reduce our per diem costs, I believe. So I wholeheartedly support that. We have other things we need to spend that money on. I also want to remind my neighbors that uh, in the upcoming election tomorrow, 
you get to vote on four amendments to the Constitution, and I ask them to vote in the affirmative positive for every one of them. <laughs> and remember, if you're a Green or a, uh, a Green Party member or a Constitution Party member or a Libertarian or an Independent, you can still go in and vote on those four things which impact your life. So I urge you to go vote, even though you might think you don't have, uh, you actually don't have any say in the candidates, but you can certainly go to vote for this. Okay. Yeah, it would seem to me that too much legislation. It would seem to me I mean, that look at this past year. You know, somehow we managed to muddle through <laughs> without them down there carrying on every day. Well, they were still <laughs> meeting via Zoom and doing bad oh, things. Oh yeah, oh yeah, right, right. <laughs> 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 I'm sure that's true. I'm sure that's true, Mark. You know, how in the world did they run up these huge per diem bills, over $250,000 in per diems, when they're not even meeting in person? Mm -hmm. How did they manage to do that? Can you imagine if you build KOK for travel through the past year? Wouldn't, wouldn't somebody go, what? And, just going back and forth to work is what they do. Well, and then they, you know, I heard that there was one, I read in um, the Harrisburg paper, there was a group of legislators who bought a house, and they used this per diem. They build the mortgage of the house to the per diem, mm -hmm. and that's where they stayed when they went down. Hmm. Did, it save, know, did it save money? Most legislators don't get to use per diems. Did they it don't save, get to Cindy, bill us did it, it save money? Was it economical for the taxpayers that they did that? Well, did we get the house back when they left, when they left the legislature? Because well, we paid for it, not them. Well, you're right. Uh, if selling the house, the money should go back to the general fund. I agree with you. Did they sell it, or do they still live I in I have it? no idea. I have no idea. Well, the money shouldn't go back to the state, though, because that was their per diem to keep. It was money given to them as a gift for but having But they bought shown. something physical with it. They uh, bought something, well, a tangible they bought asset. With it. Do you they want bought an asset. <laughs> right. Which probably, although not necessarily, increased in value. Who got that? benefit. Yeah. They did. They cashed in on it double. They got double per dia under those well, circumstances. I, I saw in the paper a week or so ago that they that some of the legislators are asking to take or arguing to take a look at all of the uh, rules that impact our lives that were suspended over the last year with COVID. Many, apparently many regulations were suspended. And I think that's a very good point. You know, we, the, the abyss did not open, and we didn't all fall in, despite the fact that none of these were being enforced. So maybe we don't need them at all. Maybe it's overkill. And certainly, one way or the other, we should reexamine the rules around our lives and, and affirm them as still having value and still being useful in providing for a better life for most Pennsylvanians. And I think that's a great thing. I hope they're successful in reviewing them, and and uh, I hope they kill some of them, frankly, get rid of some of them. Good point. Hey. What should we kill? What would be one that we should get rid of? I don't know. They didn't say in this article. I'm looking at it right here. It didn't say which, which these okay. were, but there were over 100, 100 139 pages of inspections and trainings and... Uh, enforcements that were not uh, uh, mm -hmm. done in the past year. So you got to say to yourself, well, if if I mean if these were valued, valuable, necessary things, wouldn't you think there would have been a problem in their being removed? I would, right? 
Yes, we certainly should have gone to hell in a handbasket if they were essential. <laughs> well, but that's what I'm saying. If these were so vital, so important, so, you know, so uh, central to the success of all of us living together peacefully, then we should have decayed into chaos, <laughs> and yet we did not. And so we ought to rethink them. I mean, it's, it is a nature of bureaucracy to become heavy-handed and, you know, make uh, overkill rules. And in some cases... The uh, laws that exist are outdated, you know, and so they should be abolished. And once in a while you see a thing come through that a legislator has gotten, you know, a now useless law abolished. Did you know there's a federal agency, this just makes me nuts, a federal agency that oversees the labels on wine bottles. <laughs> Honest to God, why in the world a whole we have agency? a federal agency? that oversees the labels on wine bottles. I'd like to apply for that job. Seriously. <laughs> well, you don't I'm get <laughs> to drink the wine. You oh, just... okay, but you get to label it. What in the world? What in the world? And how much is this costing us to have this agency that oversees the labels on wine bottles? For heaven's sake. Is that all I mean, they it, do? Is that all they do? Yes, okay. yes. <laughs> all right. Agency for this, I forget exactly what the name is. I, I mean, when I read this, I just thought, you know, this is... This is government gone wild. Sort but of like a, it, it's pretty clear. The legislature does not need to uh, gather all year long. Many states have part-time legislators, and those states seem to be functioning fine. I understand Maryland's is part-time. Someone brought up Texas is part-time. You know, there's a unicameral um, state. Was it Nebraska, Joe? No, I think they it only is. have one body, not two, like we have here in Pennsylvania. I don't think the world would end if we got rid of a third of our legislators by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think that would be the end of the world for anyone, except perhaps for them for their very lucrative, you know, things. And I would like to point out there's a report out of Spotlight, Pennsylvania, that showed the highest spenders of per diems. And of the top 15 who were spending... Over $200,000 a year on per diems. Over $200,000. Only two of those 15 people were Republicans. Actually, All the rest of them were Democrats. Actually, I counted. And, I only counted one. We, you must have missed the beginning of the show. We talked about that. But only one oh, of them, sorry. one of the top 15 was a Republican. The other 14 were Democrats that I saw. But out of the top list of maybe 40 that they had, the overwhelming majority were Democrats. But there were Republicans on the list. And the only one locally was Representative Garth Everett up in Williamsport. Well, what we need is a limit on that. Right. Yep. There you is, go. It's absolute $20. hard limit. I know, Joe, you don't like me with my hard limits on things and the but-ifs but and the what-ifs, but I'm telling you, we need a hard limit on that. All right. We got another I don't caller. know how you run up a 250 I think it was roughly $250,000 in per diem. That's right. abuse. A couple of bucks at a time. That's Thank how you, you do it. Yeah. Thank you. That's Thank, abuse. Thank, Thank you so you. much for calling Thanks. in. All right. We've got to take a break. we got two callers standing by. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. 1-800-795-9565. If you'd like to occupy the line that's not occupied, that's open. 1-800-795-9565. And we have a caller who's been standing by. Chris, you're on the mark. Go right ahead. Yeah, well, first of all, before we get to my subject, I'd just like to say that uh, all, all the stuff Stan said I mostly agreed with today. What? However, Sydney is a di different story. 
I think, uh, well, first of all, I don't agree with her about uh, the size and the type of uh, government that that uh, Pennsylvania should have. I maybe wouldn't mind cutting it from, you know, somewhere in the 10 to 20 percent area, perhaps, but anything more serious than that, uh, I think, loses personal contact with your representative and dilutes it. But... Uh, and uh, her whole idea that inspections aren't necessary because they weren't necessary in the last year because of the pandemic. A lot of businesses were shut down in the last year that they might not need inspection. A lot of them, uh, just knowing that they were coming back would make them keep following them for a while. And uh, the long-term implications of not doing them all might be completely different. And if she can't give us one example of what the inspections that were shut down were that aren't aren't necessary anymore, then her statement has no meaning whatsoever. To you, but it meant a lot to me. I guess. Something and I, even the, the Department of Inspecting Wine Labels, I think somebody should be following to make sure wine labels aren't mislabeling their line, mm-hmm. line well, and that they have the right information about the alcohol content and blah, 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 and whatever else must be, might be legally in source, might you, be legally required, and that they're being accurate. You'll that be happy to know, totally Chris. ridiculous to me. Chris, you'll be happy to know that not only do they do wines, but they do ciders and meads. So the yeah. mead is regulated, well, uh, too. Hard ciders, especially in meads. Nobody I, wants a yeah, lawless mead I, industry. I, I think somebody should be making sure they're accurate, whether it needs a commission or what, I don't know. But And mm-hmm. there's probably some historic reason for it that she should find out before she starts dumping on it. Well, you love big now government. Then, what I was calling about was because of my statements on Friday where I talked about the Arizona recount, and... Uh, Stan's comments today is what are Democrats so afraid of? Well, I'm not afraid of any fair audit. I have my doubts about this one in Arizona because uh, the people in charge of it seem ill-informed about election laws, don't have any experience in doing what they're doing, and haven't been really secure with the ballots and are doing things to them that they don't want to talk about. And they've also been, uh, they have observers, but they don't have any really independent observers, and they don't have any observers from the other side, and they're, they're definitely, uh, they were the ones who were introducing doubts about the election on uh, really wild claims. And now they're the ones in charge of the actual ballots themselves and have sole proprietary control of them at the moment. Which, if uh, that happened during the regular counting, they'd be going wild with conspiracies. If the people were running around not knowing the election laws or were enforcing them, they'd be going wild with conspiracies. So, and they're taking a long time to do it, which just adds to the this whole there was an election conspiracy drama plus they're trying to drum up business to get other states to hire them too michigan and georgia and all those six close close ones so their financial interests are tied to finds finding 
something or at least issuing a vague report that doesn't completely uh, say it was uh, it was uh, valid and there's still suspicions but they couldn't wouldn't won't be able to prove them so yeah there's a lot of reasons I, I'm concerned about it I'm not afraid of any fair audit but this uh, this has a lot of questions to it Okay, fair All enough, right. Chris. Thank you. All right, thank you so much for appreciate calling in. Appreciate your comments, as yep. always. Appreciate the call. Take care. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tom is next on the mark from Sunbury. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, this ballot question, I think uh, the first one, they should definitely vote no, because right now they still have the right, with two, if they get two-thirds of the vote, they can overturn it anyway. So why why do you want to vote yes on that? Because David Rowe and Linda Schlegel Culver and all these other Republicans they want the power. They want to take the power away from the governor. No, they don't. They and want to put limits on it, Tom. They don't want to take it no, away. No, they want to. They have limits <laughs> on it now. Two thirds vote. If they have two thirds vote right now, they can overturn the governor. But let me tell you how it works with municipal office. As a mayor, I can declare a state of emergency. But within 10 days, council has the right, by a simple majority vote, to overturn that if they disagree with it. So all they're trying to do is make it consistent across the state with people who oh, declare emergencies. Come on, Joe. You're talking come about on. Little Schmoke and Dam and the yeah. state. No, I'm talking about don't Philadelphia. Be, don't be ridiculous. I'm talking about Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Allentown, Harrisburg. Every mayor no, has the same. About, no, you're talking about. Every mayor has the same of, restrictions, those Tom. Those are not individual areas. This is a, that's everybody together. You can't. You can't keep them separate. They're all together when it comes to this. You're but, trying to separate something that can't be separated. No, I'm just telling you how the state determines what, what states of emergencies, what limitations are put on them. They put on limitations. The only people that I know of that can declare them are uh, high, high elected municipal officials. And if they are... If they're all subject to civilian review, if you will, they're all subject to being reviewed by a legislative body, either the councils or the state legislature. That's all they're trying to do. They're trying to level the playing no, field. No, they're not. No, yeah, they're this not. is they're a power grab. Take a power grab. <laughs> yeah. Two thirds, the way it is right now, two thirds, overturn it. It isn't anything that different than the than the federal government. What does the federal government have to do? So you support you the wanna, filibuster if then? If you want to do something in the federal government, if you want to overrule the president, what do you need? So do you Two-thirds vote. Do you support the filibuster then in the Senate? Do I support the filibuster? Yeah. No. Well, it's the same thing, Tom. Two-thirds. Well, That's what's required. Is, the government is so divided in the other thing, you're never going to get anything done with, without a filibuster. So, in other words, the governor should have to have two-thirds of the people uh, to go come after him, but the legislature shouldn't have to have that deal with that. Okay, I got you. Okay, I'm glad you got it. All right, he's <laughs> finally got it. Thank you so much. <laughs> and another thing, I just want to bring this up real quick, because uh, I've been talking about the the wages and stuff. Sheets is wage, raising their wages $2 an hour. Again, permanently, and then and they're given an extra dollar for over the summer. So there's another a classic example of the marketplace working, right? Yeah, be, yeah, because they can't get they can't get workers. But everybody always said that uh, everybody always said that they couldn't possibly do it because everybody would go out of business. <laughs> That's what you guys on the right kept saying. 
Oh, we can't, we can't do that. No, everybody we said go of, everybody go out of business. What we said is the marketplace. It. It's not mandated, Tom. The marketplace determines it, and they determine I that they care. can sustain you guys, it. You guys said that if they if they raised the minimum wage up to fifteen, that everybody would go out of business. People would go bankrupt. They couldn't do it, and it's been proven wrong. Nobody said that. It's been proven wrong. Nobody said everybody would go out of business. And certainly <laughs> yes, not. Certainly not if they make the that's decision the themselves. Why the Republicans like David Rowe and Linda Schlegel, Palmer, and all these other other ones keep voting no. They keep voting no every time, and they keep saying, "Well, we can't do that because that'll hurt the businesses." Well, it's not true. All right, thank you so they much, Tom. Don't, they just don't <laughs> want to pay it. Thanks for trying to prove that Joe is wrong once again. You did a but good he's job. Not, he's not but making the case very well. He sure is. He made a perfect <laughs> case. All right. Thank you so much. 1-800-795-9565. Got three open lines on the topic of transgender laws that would try to help individuals who are transgender. One of our listeners says, If a person still has all of the parts they were born with, then they haven't fully transitioned and need to use the proper facilities, male or female. <laughs> Okay. We are obsessed with people using the restroom, I'll tell you. Another listener says on another topic... Says, good morning. If you haven't voted yet, vote not to change the governor's power. Thanks, Bob. Vote no on those particular referenda. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Do you realize, though, that, I mean, what Uh, I've said is accurate. There are limitations, and there should be limitations on someone's power to declare a state of emergency. Okay, look... It should be subject to review. That's all they're trying to do here. All right. I'll refute you later. Al, you're on the mark. No, I don't want to be refuted. (laughs) (laughs) Refutation is us. Al. Good morning. I wanted to change the subject. Uh, The AP uh, is reporting that they were lucky to get out of the tower that uh, the Israelis blew up. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's totally false. So can we still trust the AP? Nope. Never did. I, didn't think so. I said because AP stands for not doesn't stand for Associated Press anymore. It stands for absolutely pathetic. <laughs> well, Al Jazeera, Al Jazeera was in the building and completely proved them wrong because the building that got blown up in the Gaza Strip, mm-hmm. they were warned an hour ahead of time. Um, they that office of the AP was harassed by Hamas. They saw the missile launchers being moved into an office next to them in Hamas and never reported it. And this has been going in on since 14. And Israel likes to build shelters for their people because you never know when 2,000 rockets from the Gaza Strip are going to be fired your way. But the, Gaza, the, the Hamas, they'd rather build the tunnels and they can't protect their citizens that way because they, they're building the tunnels instead of shelters. And they want to live in the neighborhood where they throw rockets all the time. Well, it is pretty clear that, that the AP lied about not being given warning to get out of that building. They said they were lucky. They weren't lucky. They were warned. Well, they didn't say they didn't receive any warning. They just said they still barely got out in time. That's all. But they uh, acknowledged the fact that they were warned. Everybody in the building was warned. Right. But Al yeah, Al Jazeera, I believe, is the other down. Al Jazeera, Al Jazeera, yeah, was in there with them, and and they knew that they were up. Hamas was operating out of there, and and they're denying that they knew that. Yeah, 
They did deny that, Mark. Okay, I got you. All right, well, I guess this, I, I thought this Middle East crisis was pretty complex, but I guess it all boils down to AP being biased, so they're pretty bad. Anything else, Al? Well, I just thought we should talk about that, and then you're going to transgender thing again, and uh, you guys told me before that they had separate locker rooms. You know, they could use another locker room, like if a boy... Or a private locker room, his, sure. Okay. Private locker rooms. Well, they really don't have any private locker rooms. They would have to come in and open up the men's room when the girls' sports are going on and vice versa. Okay. All right. All right. We got you, Al. Thank you so much. Thanks for checking in. Uh, we got another caller who needs a minute. We're going to give him that opportunity right now. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, I forgot a couple things, but I probably only remember about one of them now. But uh, <laughs> the other thing about the election laws that were being changed for voting by uh, Republicans in various states, besides being trying to get affect city voting especially, uh, they also are setting up mechanisms for uh, the state legislature by a majority vote, really, being able to determine who the electors are and who they should vote for. And that's on, uh, and with the number of uh, Trump kowtowing representatives in state governments like Arizona and so forth, that really sets up a thing where they can just overturn the state of a state election by uh, by vote in their houses, and that's that's not particularly good. No. Oh, and also the the two thirds it's it's sixty votes to get things passed. It's only two thirds to uh, to for a veto overcome a veto. True. All right, Chris, do you see the Republicans being so onerous that eventually they'll lose power and slowly disappear? <laughs> Uh, I, I, I think you need a, a vibrant two-party system in this country to uh, have, a, have good government. So I hope that isn't the case. All right, we got. Hey, you. we agree on something, Chris. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, but Chris. You need well, people who can, you know, just, just aren't to do governing by conspiracy theories. Well, that's another topic we can't well, have. Yeah. We got to stop the Democrats from doing <laughs> that. If we could stop the or Democrats from being power in good <laughs> and they've, they've been replacing the people who stopped the, the, that happening the, the, this last election, and we're replacing them with people who are more loyal to. Trump. That's wrong too. And All right, I got to really stop you, Chris. Now, next year, uh, next presidential election, Beep. there might be real doubt about uh, whether uh, that's going to happen or not. Okay, your All minutes right. up. Thank Thanks, you. Chris. Which is really bad. <laughs> well, Thank I you. asked him a question, a very good question okay. that uh, remains to be seen. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We'll have time for another caller. We got one coming in, uh, but we'll need some callers to help us wrap up the show. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five on the mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company, and guess what kind of business they are? It's a family-owned uh, dealership. We know the Mertz family's been in charge.
yard since 1915. Uh, they're on 4th Street in Sunbury with a great big lot with uh, thousands of vehicles there. And Routes 11 and 15 Hummels Wharf with hundreds of vehicles there. Find out tons more about all their inventory. Every vehicle on the lot you can find out about at sunburymotors.com. They invite you to visit the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury where they specialize in all types of service on vehicles, state inspections, nitrogen for tires. They'll pump you up with nitrogen. They're open Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 6.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Quick Lane. And you can find them on the web at sunburymotors.com. They sell Ford, Hyundai, and Kia. They're a premier service provider for all makes of cars and trucks and all sizes of trucks. They have a master towing service, a master alignment shop, a master painting shop, and a master sales department. Uh, go do what I've done. See Jeff, Ernie, Austin, Kyle, and everybody else at Sunbury Motor Company so that you'll be a happy shopper. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 1-800-795-9565, ultra-speedy dialers only. One of our listeners sends us a note, says, I just talked to the guys at the intersection of Route 147 and Ridge Road, where there have been some long construction delays. They're finishing line painting today, and they'll be activating the traffic signal there soon. So hopefully we'll get that much-needed traffic signal installed ASAP and get everybody needlessly delayed. Another listener sends <laughs> us a note. Up right, or, says, come on, yeah. Tom, why do we need a dictator in charge of the state. If the emergency is so great and a governor can explain why it's needed, then he'll get it. Yeah, okay. but this is a bad idea. I understand that the legislature needs to have more power when it comes to a state of emergency, but this is too onerous in the other direction. This gives the legislature too much power. And they'll just have an impasse. Can so the governor declare an emergency under the new bill? Yes. You're right. Is it, it subject to review by the legislature? Yes. Just like the current system. The trouble is they can't amass sufficient votes to override the governor because most people know that the governor's doing the right thing. Well, unless it's controversial... Why would it be an issue? Everything's controversial in Harrisburg, Joe. You know that. No, but I, I'm saying if, if the legislature isn't insane, at least I don't think they are. They may be spendthrifts, but they're not insane. So if it's a serious issue, they aren't going to vote to override the governor's declaration of a state of emergency. Yeah, but this pandemic is the perfect example where you have people choosing sides where Republicans want to be maskless and have everything open, and Democrats wisely wish to be safe, wear masks, and close down hey, things. what's the CDC saying right now? What's the policy here at Sunbury Broadcasting. We no longer required to wear masks as we roam the halls. Right. So... This is a year later, not 21 days later. If it were up to the Republicans, we'd all be dead from COVID. Oh, we would not. You're starting to sound Some like... Some of us would survive. Starting you're to sound tr- like you're Tom. Right. You're right. Some of us would <laughs> We'd survive. have herd immunity by now. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, the governor's state of emergency... Oh, brother. 
if it is actually dealing with emergency situations, things mm-hmm. that are imminently life-threatening, mm-hmm. no one's going to override them. But yes, there may be instances where there is some debate about what, what the best course of action is. And isn't the legislature responsible for making those decisions, not the governor? Can the governor on any other bill say, well, I know better than the Jeez. legislature, so we're not going to pass this we're, bill? We just spent the early part of the program talking about how unwise are and greedy no, we're talking about how spendthrift they are. We're not talking about whether they have common right. sense. Right, they're greedy and unwise and not, not interested all of them. In, and not interested in taxpayers. Not but all now, of them. But when our lives are really on the line, suddenly they're the smartest people in the room. And you trust Governor Wolf, one man, rather than no, the collective wisdom? No, we have wisdom. to have a compromise. What we need to do is use these this referendum as a stepping off point so that hopefully we can come up with a compromise. You know, this governor that wouldn't listen at all whatsoever, the period, compromise. end of story to the legislature, that was totally wrong. And this and that's why they, they want over. They want. That's why they want the ability to override open. the guy that because totally he wouldn't listen too. to them. He wouldn't listen to them, just like you won't listen to me. He wouldn't listen to them. <laughs> I'm just not letting you interrupt me. That's all. There's a big difference. No, there isn't. I heard every word you said, and you ignored every word through I said. my new headphones. <laughs> all right, we're going to have a great Tuesday. See us back here tomorrow morning at 8:30. Open phones. Joe and I will continue talking over each other, and you'll get a chance to join us. This is WKOK Sunbury, 10 a.m.